to the Rogue Tours podcast. My name is Chad Durham. My name is Jacob Hampton. And we are here today actually to give an oral review of Wonder Woman. Um, probably a lot of people actually out there have seen it already. Um, if you're still thinking about it, we'll have some words of, you know, either encouragement or discouragement. We'll see in just a minute. Those of you who are faithful listeners who have already seen it, we'd love to hear from you um, as far as if you agree or disagree with some of our takes throughout uh, the podcast today. Um, but uh, nonetheless, very interesting for a female-led superhero movie to come out. It has not happened very much in the last lot of years. Um, and, and in the past, many of the female-led superhero movies, especially in the 90s and even the late 80s, did fairly poorly. Um, and, and Wonder Woman's been doing uh, amazingly. We'll get to that in just a minute. Um, before we delve into that, just very quickly... With uh, some movies that we've seen, I'm going to let Jake start. Um, He saw the uh, Goldie Hawn and uh, Amy Schumer led Snatched. And I'm I'm excited to hear his opinion. I will throw in that it was not, you know, very well received by the critical masses. (laughs) And and it's uh, dollar gross reflected that. So I am curious. Let let me. I'm gonna start with a question, if that's okay. Yeah. Please. Are you a fan of Amy Schumer, generally speaking? Generally speaking, yeah. And it's funny. I was actually just uh, I was looking something up about this movie on IMDb and saw that it has from IMDb users it has an average rating of three point six out of Oof. ten. Uh, and IMDb users, in my opinion, are traditionally very lenient. <laughs> right. Uh, and I I think that I think that comes from. Uh, there's kind of just a vitriolic hatred for Amy Schumer specifically on the internet, I think. that I, Yeah, I would not disagree. Yeah, I think if there had been, a, if this had been the exact same movie with a virtually identical performance by any other actress, I don't think it would be rated that low. At the same time, Trainwreck was pretty well received, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Critically, I'd be interested to see what IMDb yeah, yeah. have to say because they really hate Amy Schumer. Yeah, um, great use of the word vitriol. By the way. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, and so, speaking of Trainwreck, um, that was one reason that I was content to go see Snatched. Yeah, because I really enjoyed Trainwreck, uh, and uh, not long into Snatched, I realized I had assumed that because it starred Amy Schumer that she had also written it. Uh, but then I really started doubting that, and by the time the credits rolled, I realized she didn't re- uh, write it. And I think that was the uh, biggest disappointment for me, uh-huh. and what was missing that made it not, you know, like something uh, like Trainwreck. Right. And also just the nature of the plot uh, is, was something that would have been pretty hard to pull off, I think, with much candor or... Uh, I don't know, intelligence. Um, <laughs> it's a raunchy comedy. It's a not... Uh, the jokes aren't going to make you think at all. Right. Um, it does have some really good laughs. I, I do like Amy Schumer as an actress, and she she delivered a lot of the lines um, with enough humor and and gives some kind of phys- physical comedy performances in the movie that make it worth it. Um, 
I know Goldie Hawn is like a legend. I don't think I've ever knowingly seen her in anything. Well, I was gonna say she um, hadn't been in anything since. Like, oh right, this was like her first thing in 2000, a while. Two thousand. It was the Banger Sisters, and so I know I'm not gonna get the year right, but it was like two thousand two, three, four. Like it had been years right. since she'd been in anything, and so there was a healthy like excitement for her returning to the big screen. Right. I mean, I know you you've given you know at least subtly your opinion that it wasn't great. No. But how was she okay? Did she? Yeah. I mean, and yeah, n- not that much about it was aggressively bad. Goldie, yeah, I think Goldie was fine. Um, she and Amy played well off of each other. Um, they were a semi-believable um mother, mother and daughter relationship. I I never give summaries of the plot when I talk about movies on this podcast. It's kind of bad. If you don't know, Snatch is about a mother and daughter who go uh on vacation together somewhere, and I can't remember in Central or South America. Um, and get kidnapped, and it's uh just a yeah raunchy uh I guess kidnap comedy from there if that's a genre. <laughs> um, the old kidnap <laughs> comedy genre, which does exist. Yeah, I wasn't making fun of Jake. I was just making fun of genres. Um, so yeah, and I was looking. It was written by um I just lost the page. I think her name is Katie Dippold. Uh, oh yeah, who's kind of a Paul Feig. Yeah. Cohort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It seems. And I actually, knew her name immediately, and she's written something that well, she I wrote remember Ghostbusters. Liking. Ghostbusters. And I like Ghostbusters writings too, so yeah. uh, I don't know. Maybe this was more of just a she was asked to do this and did it to cash the check type of thing. Right. Um, but there, while there are definitely some funny moments, it's not an inspired comedy and it's not. Uh, something that's really worth your time, unfortunately, yeah, I have yeah, to yeah. say. Um, unless you really love Amy Schumer, I think it's fun to see her, and she does, you know, some of her bits that she pulls off really well, but uh, absolutely not a strong recommendation if right. you are not watching ten movies a week. <laughs> <laughs> when I, you know, I admittedly, I mean, we never really talked about her on this podcast, but I, I don't know Amy Schumer very well. I've seen very little of her comedy. I've never seen Inside Amy Schumer. I haven't seen Trainwreck. I'm not defending myself. I'm just saying. And when Snatch came out, you know, I, I, there is, I want the impetus to, to see something with Amy Schumer. Now, I know it should have been Trainwreck. You don't need to actually, please tweet at me or, or, <laughs> you know, write on Facebook on the Rogo Tours page, but Trainwreck should have been the impetus, but I don't know what. I've been dragging my feet. And so when I first heard about Snatch, I thought, I wonder. And then the trailer seemed very rote and, yeah. and uninspired, you know, to, to, to borrow some of the terminology Jake was throwing around. And so I still haven't really got on the Amy Schumer train. And I, you know, I really <laughs> should at least, I really should at least give her a chance and I haven't done so yet. Yeah. But Snatch is not the thing, obviously, that is going to get me. Right. Get me. Get. I'm not gonna buy my ticket onto that train. Yeah. <laughs> Amy Schumer. And, <laughs> and I hope that train wreck wasn't an anomaly for her. Uh, I think if she creatively takes on a, a project from start to finish again, I mean that will be her chance to prove that she still has it, you know, or has it in general, and that it wasn't just one, one movie. But right. Um, but I, I'll, I'll still have faith in her, and I, I'll still see what she does next. Nice. Thanks. And I, I mean, it's summer. I should be seeing more movies, but I haven't gone to see much. Obviously, I saw Wonder Woman. We'll talk about that in a minute. My family actually went and saw Pirates of the Caribbean number five. And it's, there's, no, there's no secret to anyone that that 
franchise has been running out of gas. Like that's not, I'm not here necessarily to say that's not true. But I wanted to put a, just a very brief, and plug is the wrong word, but just kind of throw out there. And perhaps for a future podcast, Jake and I will mull it over, but um, we did rewatch, my family and I, Pirates of the Caribbean 1 through 4. And I'm actually, uh, strangely, a pretty, str- a pretty big fan of the franchise, generally speaking. I, I have a, an unexpectedly um, bright affinity for number three, especially. Um, Dead Man's Chest, I think. No, At World's End. <laughs> that, I don't always remember what the, <laughs> what the subtitle is. Uh, At World's End. Uh, I think it's, it, it has some really cool set pieces. Um, I'm a, a, a huge fan of kind of the melancholy turn that the plot takes. I think they're really creative with how they tie up the loose ends. And I remember being kind of mad when they did number four. Same thing when I heard about Toy Story 4. I just thought you, oh, yeah, I forgot you, did, you did something that to me was really good. And I understand not everyone's on board with Pirates 2 and 3. I'm not. And you can, yeah, let's tweet about it. Let's, let's talk about it. But um, um, my wife and I saw number four in the theater a long time ago, and I was incredibly disappointed. But when we rewatched, rewatched this time, and we went right through one, two, three, four, I actually also kind of liked four. Um, I don't know if I'm a fan of this excessive kind of throwaway silly humor. I don't know if it's the Johnny Depp thing or the Jeffrey Rush thing, because um, they're both very good and in all of the movies. But I, I am unexpectedly a big fan of, of Pirates 1 through 4. So we'd love actually to hear about Pirates 5. Neither of us have seen it. I'm hoping to see it soon. Um, my family liked it, but you know we're very easy to please as far as, I don't know, summer blockbusters with no expectations go. Um, but I, we'd love to hear if you have opinions about Pirates 1 through 4 and even 5 and if you think that would be a worthy podcast um, topic for us on a future episode to rank the five of them, to talk about the five of them, or if it's such tired news that you don't even want to listen to it. So, But let us know. Uh, tweet at Jacob Hampton 26. Mm-hmm. I almost messed that up. <laughs> at Durham 99 or at Rogue Tours, or even on our Facebook page. You can even comment on RogueOtours.com. All right. Let's get to Wonder Woman. Um, I, I wanted to throw out some information first, and, and Jake, you can add on to this or, or add anything else or just some um, editorializing if you would like. But the big deal with Wonder Woman, of course, was that it was the first female-led superhero movie in a long time. I mean, there have been some older ones like Tank Girl and even Supergirl way back with Helen Slater. I think that was in the 80s. We used to watch that a lot when I was a kid, by the way. <laughs> Um, but in the Marvel Universe and the DC Universe, we've never seen a specifically female-led superhero movie. We have Black Widow. We have Scarlet Witch. We have um, Margot Robbie, uh, Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn, yeah. Um, and Wonder Woman showed up in Batman vs. Superman. Right. But hadn't been a female-led one. I've, I'm, I'm, I've actually been excited about Captain Marvel for a long time, ever since they announced Brie Larson was playing Captain Marvel. Um, and so hopefully that can deliver. But the point being, it was a big deal. And the DC universe, which we'll talk about in a minute, uh, hadn't necessarily given us a solid superhero Mm. movie since they started the DC extended universe. We're excluding Christopher Nolan's Batman movies, which are, you know, in a, in another universe. Um, well, I shouldn't have used universe there are on another level. Um, anyway, point being the reviews started coming out very good reviews um it has a 93 percent rotten tomatoes rating 
76 rating on Metacritic, which is pretty good. It's opening weekend. It made $103 million in the United States. And it was the first movie directed by a woman to break $100 million in its opening weekend, which is really cool. Um, it has since doubled that. It's at $206 million, uh, according to Box Office Mojo, right now. And domest- I mean, and worldwide, pardon me, internationally, $436 million in its first, in its first uh, two weeks, which is huge. Yeah. Which is huge for a movie led by a female actress, or by an actress, and uh, directed by a woman. Yeah. And so it's part of the conversation. And one of the things we're going to talk about in just a minute, too, is if that made a difference. It, are people being nice to it because it was led? You know, because it's a female superhero movie and because it's directed by Patty Jenkins? Or are people really impressed with the movie? So we want to get to that and we want to get to our impressions. But I want to start with the DC Universe really quickly. <laughs> Great. Okay. As, and and, and I, don't, I don't think I'm missing any here. Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Batman versus Superman, mm-hmm. Suicide Squad. Yep. That's it, right? That's it. Just the That's three. That's the universe. Mm-hmm. That's the universe. <laughs> the quote-unquote universe. <laughs> okay, we've got in November Justice League. Right. Uh, directed by Zack Snyder, who had a, uh, a, a, a legitimately incredibly terrible tragedy befall his family as his daughter committed suicide. And Joss Whedon, who helped steer the Marvel Universe, has been co-opted and stolen, not really stolen, he was done with his Marvel duties. For the DC Universe, he's going to direct and write Batgirl, which again, oh, it seems like right. they should call it Batwoman, but that's another thing. I'm sure he'll make tons of jokes about it in the yeah. movie, but Batgirl, and he's been helping with Justice League, and is in fact finishing, finishing Justice League now because of the personal and familial turmoil that Zack Snyder is quite obviously going through. Um, and, and when, prior to Wonder Woman, okay, uh, I was like, who cares about the Justice League? I mean, we've seen these movies. They're failing on all accounts. Um, you, I know you actually watched Man of Steel in preparation to talk about, <laughs> about Wonder Woman. Yeah. So I, wa- I wanted to hear a little bit about that since that was the first, the first movie. Right. Which Christopher Nolan also had a hand in. Like, he helped with the story. Yeah. Which surprised me when I saw it. <laughs> me too. Uh, it's not a good story. Spoilers. <laughs> but yeah, that was the only movie I hadn't seen um, before in the DCU, and I was not impressed. I do remember the trailers back when it first was going to come out, and thinking it looked fine. I think I saw like the first teaser trailer, so I guess that's it's when you're doing minimal uh, revealing. I guess it's easy to make it look like something it's not. Sure. Uh, but I was so trailers are expert at that. Yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah, I was really disappointed like 25 minutes in because all of that was spent on the, on Superman's like planet with the, um, I don't know, disagreements and whatever happening between, uh, his parents and Michael Shannon, I guess. Right. Which speaking of like uh, that movie was just filled with people that I was like, why, why are you wasting these great people? Yeah. Why are they in this? Um, like Michael Shannon, Amy Adams, I Amy love, Adams, of course, um, and probably a few others um, that I'm forgetting right now. I think even Henry Cavill has a charisma that hasn't been utilized as well as it could be yet. Yeah, he's in the next Mission Impossible movie, and I'm, Is he? I'm actually kind of 
hopeful that that movie can. Is he being Tom Cruise in that? No, he's or... not. Tom Cruise is in it. <laughs> okay. He, I, I'm sure he's just joining the team right, or whatever, sure. like Jeremy Renner did in Number Four. Oh, okay. And I haven't kept up with this. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you're. Good. Um, but anyway, yeah, Man of Steel, disappointing, um, out of the gate, uh, and then I saw Batman vs Superman in theaters and. Um, it was, yeah, it, Chad just pretended to fall asleep. Uh, it was a real slog. And actually, Wonder Woman was the only thing I enjoyed in that movie. Yeah. Um, which, and it still wasn't phenomenal, but it was at least kind of something to perk up to towards the end. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's an uncommon opinion because they, um, I don't know if you've seen like the Blu-ray box art, but they like literally put her front and center and then Batman and Superman are like the behind sides, her. Yeah. Flanking her. Yeah. As if the movie's about her. Uh, so. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. uh, and we've, t- we've discussed suicides quite a lot on the podcast. Right. Um, if you haven't heard some of those, you can go back and hear, but, but we were also very disappointed in that. I was especially disappointed. That was my biggest disappointment. Because Suicide Squad felt like something that could have been like kind of electric and cool. Yeah. And and again, speaking of wasted actors and actresses, right? Yeah. I mean, I know it didn't have Tom Hardy in the end, but originally Tom Hardy. But you had Will Smith and Jared Leto, who's been doing some pretty good work lately. Uh, Margot Robbie, of course. Um, Viola Davis, yeah. for goodness sakes. Um, I'm a big fan of Joel Kinnaman. And so, like, again, the the... the they're getting people. They're getting big people. They're getting good people right. who have given solid performances. And those people are not mailing in their performances. No. I'm not saying that the performances are great, but you can tell they're out there trying to do the thing. But it's mostly the story. The story is bad. Yeah, are we okay to say? I think that's. I think maybe isolating what the issue is. I think it's the so. the story, right? Yeah, because here's the thing about Zack Snyder or whoever. Maybe I don't know if he has a regular for director of photography for these movies. But um, Man of Steel had some moments. Uh, Batman v Superman had some moments, and uh, probably even Suicide Squad had. Yeah, some it had some that, a few moments. Yeah, that look visually really great and have an awesome style. And uh, sometimes those styles are even kept consistently throughout the movie, and it it looks really cool. But it just does not. The story does not keep up with that. Right. That striking visual style, and so it just makes it feel like even more of a mess because it doesn't feel like the same quality of artistry is going into right. the different facets of the movie. Well, and I'm going to halfway disagree. I'm not going to disagree with some great visual moments. I 100% agree with that. To me, though, there's a lot of muddiness, too, to some of the lighting. Okay, that's visuals. fair. In, in some scenes where it feels like their aesthetic is darkness. Right, right, right. As opposed to some kind of, like, chiaroscuro lighting or, or a more noirish sense. It's yeah. just like, we need it to be dark. Right. Um, which I know we're going to go more into this in just a minute, which they abandon in Wonder Woman yeah. with the exception of a few scenes, I thought to their credit, right? to finally like brighten up a little bit. Again, I'm all about dark. Most of the Nolan Batman movies yeah. are dark, but dark with a style, all, with a stylishness all the way through. And, um, and um, anyway, yeah, no, that's so that's completely fair. sometimes disappointed me as well because of those other moments. A dazzling moment here, yeah. a kind of a cool crane shot there, or a, a, like a, a quirky way they shot something that really worked. Yeah. Um, and then there are some scenes where it's just it just feels like it's supposed to be dark. You can't even see what's happening sometimes, especially in Batman vs. Superman. There's some <laughs> yeah. early stuff where I'm just like, and I'm not, I, I cannot shoot movies. I'm not making fun of the DP where I just thought like, was the aesthetic here? Like, just make it darker. Who cares if right. they can't see? 
Anyway. No, and though I and though I like it's it's more the cinematography that I like, and I like darkness in movies too, but especially with these movies and the level level of bombast that they do it with, yeah, it, it feels like <laughs> it feels like they're trying really hard to be like, oh, we're not your like colorful comedic yeah. Marvel movies, like exactly, we're the real deal, we're right. serious, and right? So. And it's so over the top that I think it yeah. it works against them in a lot of cases. I, I agree. That's perfect. I don't even need to add to that. That's, <laughs> no, that's exactly what I think. Like, let's do the opposite. Mm-hmm. And, oh, the opposite isn't all... You don't have to be exactly the opposite. Right. Like you can, yeah. And speaking of the opposite, um, their strategy of setting up these movies has also been kind of the opposite, where they're throwing as many characters as they can into the early movies and then going off and doing solo movies, generally. Um, and... It's, I mean, I don't want to, I I don't create cinematic universes, so I don't want to say, a, you know, a blanket statement that Marvel's way is the best is or only way to do better it. or whatever, yeah. But the reason that the Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe has worked so well and, and flourished, people really, in, yeah. yeah, is because they laid that groundwork with all the individual characters and brought them all together. Yeah, people into got each invested in each of yeah. them on their own first, right? With their own story, so you get background, you get context, you get yeah, yeah. So to have you know, um, Black Widow, you know, like, um, well, that's a bad example, I guess, because she doesn't even have. She's going to get her own movie later on. But the way that Marvel does it, I don't know. They do it in a way where when you have these characters show up um, in the Avengers or in each other's movies, it's like, oh hey, here's this cool character. I've gotten to know already, and it's awesome that they're showing up in this story. Yeah. Um, but DC is doing that when you haven't already got to know the character, and like then, Batman. Yeah, like for Batman. Mm-hmm. And then and Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman. Even though you perked up, like we didn't really know her. No. in Batman versus. No, Superman. that would have been way greater if we had had this Wonder Woman solo movie before, and then it's like, oh snap, Wonder Woman's here. Yeah. We've seen her whole story. And yeah, we know what she's about. Yeah. We, you know, we're invested in her. Oh, for sure. Right. Instead of just showing up, which is what she does. In yeah. Batman versus Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to add one last quick thing before we delve into Wonder Woman, which is, um, and I, and I'll be honest, I did not finish Batman versus Superman. <laughs> Okay, I'm not going to pretend here on the podcast. I put it on one day when I was doing work because I didn't feel invested in it. And 30 minutes in, I was like kind of bored and was like, I don't really know what's going on. And more importantly, I don't really care. Some of that was on me. I'm not going to pretend all of that was on the movie, but some of it was on the movie oh, for no, sure. Oh, no, that plot is like... And, and Jake said the word slog, and that's what I felt yeah. watching that. And I felt that a little bit in Man of Steel... And Man of Steel, too, to me, they have this... Uh, Zack Snyder seems to have this feeling in Man of Steel that the climax has to be knocked down dry. Hey, we've got these two, like, aliens, and and this fight has to be epic. But epic doesn't necessarily mean long and blowing up buildings. And, like, I've never been more bored in a fight scene than I that I can remember than at the end of Man of Steel. Um, and so... It, I guess all of this adds up to saying it was with trepidation that the release date of uh, that I approached the release date of Wonder Woman. Right. Wondering like, can they do this? Because it's an important thing to have a female-led superhero movie finally. Yeah. You know, it's a good thing, and I'm glad they gave the reins to Patty Jenkins because it makes sense. Let's let's let let's have a woman, you know, direct this. Um. 
And and then the critical review, I mean, the critic reviews started to come out, obviously, and it was 93%, or it was 100 for a while, and then it was 95, and I think it's 93 now. Yeah. And so my question, before before we even start, you know, talking about our specific things is, do you think some of that, I mean, and this is, I'm just curious, I'm mostly curious, you know, we get on the podcast, Jake and I try to not discuss too much before what we're going to talk about, so I like to just hear Jake's opinion. Um do you think some of that came from wanting to, you know, the female empowerment wanting to be able to say it was good? Or do you think everyone went in saying, I can't do, I can't do that. I have to judge it on its own merits. I'm just wondering what you think. Yeah. I don't know that we can answer this because we don't, we can't talk to people and stuff. Right. And obviously we haven't delved into it yet, but you can tell a little bit by the tenor of what we're saying that we both enjoyed Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about why. Do you think that any of that enjoyment, even for us comes from just being happy that we have a woman-directed, woman-led superhero movie? I think I think a little bit. Because now that you say that, I'm trying to imagine if somehow this was a male character and this movie had come out with, you know, an equal plot from a male perspective, whatever, uh, you know, and everything else about it was the same... Would I have enjoyed it as much? I'm not. Not I'm quite not, as much. I'm not sure that I would have because I, there is that sense of right. Oh, this is awesome that we have all this female empowerment happening, and it, it, I'm happy that it. Which is I think not a is okay movie. because because we're like the reason that we're fuel that we're fueled by that is because it hasn't existed before. Yeah, and so I didn't even mean it as a bad thing. I was just curious. Right, and I think Jake's point is the perfect point. Yeah, if it were exactly the same and it were Wonder Man, I know that sounds stupid, but um, I don't think we'd like it quite as much. It'd still be good. Yeah, but not quite as much. Right, but I think that's okay. Yeah, it's probably okay. I'm, I, I think so. I'm, I'm like, I'm glad that it exists. Yeah, and one of the things I've talked with people a lot about with with Wonder Woman is that in the movie itself, with the exception of a few throwaway jokes. They don't make a big deal of, of the fact that she's a woman. Right. They're not wearing on their sleeve like, can you believe it? It's a woman. <laughs> I think that worked in its favor so much. Yeah. I felt like they it was just a movie led by Wonder Woman. Right. And that was and that was good. Yeah. And that that I, I love that about it. That I it wasn't too. like every second like like I said, a throwaway joke where she like keeps dressing in these women outfits and then they put her in a an, actually a slightly more masculine outfit mm-hmm. which is kind of funny yeah um but besides that it's never like can you believe a woman's doing this or anything no it's just she's another character who happens to be a woman yeah which i loved yeah and i'm i'm happy to say that i think in my interactions with other people leading up to the release of this movie i i didn't get that sense very much from people that it was like oh can you believe it's a woman i think people were genuinely seeing the trailers and being like Oh, this character looks like a, you know, bad A for, yeah. <laughs> to use a clean term. Sure, sure, um, sure. And that drew people to the movie. And I think yeah. I think most people weren't, it It wasn't a factor for them, yeah. you know, to go see the movie and to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just a consequence that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. So let's talk a little bit about it. Yeah. Um, we talked about, let's start with story. Because okay. we said how the DC Universe fails in story. In the previous movies, um, I think this story was better. What about the story? Do you think worked? I'm I'm kind of just throwing this out to Jake. We haven't discussed before, but yeah. Uh, what about the story worked for you? Uh, and we we won't try to go into too many spoilers, but at least the skeleton of of what's going on. Right. Uh, so I was like soaring high on this movie during 
pretty much the whole second act after uh after Wonder Woman and um Chris Pine Steve uh, Trevor yeah, which is Steve so Trevor. weird that they named him something so close to Steve Rogers but that's another podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Captain America right. we got another pilot named Steve anyway played by um, a Chris, Chris. yeah it's yeah. Kind of one of the Chris's <laughs> uh yeah once they um got to uh wherever they are is it London yeah um yes I I loved that stuff and uh everything that came with that yeah. The I was worried at the beginning of the movie that I was going to have some trouble getting through it during all the island stuff. Mm-hmm. I got pretty tired of that, and I got pretty tired uh, at the end once it uh, yeah. became With, the big final fight yeah, scene. Let, put a pin in that, because okay. we'll, t- we'll talk about the end. Without giving away too much, it's it's probably the, o- the only thing that really irked me. Okay. It was the only Zack Snyderian thing about the movie to me was the end, but... Right. Um, but if somehow... Um, I mean, I'm always re-envisioning movies as, like, a slightly off-kilter version that I wish it was. Um, <laughs> if somehow this movie had been, like, two hours of mostly, like, the London stuff, where she's going around and learning about the world in, uh, you know, funny ways, but she's not, she's not stupid, which no, I really appreciate. she's a fish out of water, but not in the way you normally see. Yeah. She's, she's still very confident. And the jokes don't come from her, like, totally misconstruing the world with, like, you know, uh, uh, overly stupid naivete. Yeah. Instead, you know, yeah, she doesn't fully understand it, but like she's a confident, intelligent character. Yeah. Who can make sense when she needs to make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So I thought that stuff was very funny, and I thought the smaller action scenes that happened um, in at that point in the story, the street fight type stuff, was really cool, and I I could have done an entire movie of that stuff and probably come away more satisfied than I did. Uh, with the movie as it is, because every time they amped up the scale to, to I mean DC proportions to be fair, <laughs> um, that's when I kind of started to tune out. Uh, but those things didn't didn't ruin the movie for no. me by any means. No, and I I would say uh, I had a specific talk with my sister, a good friend of the Rogo Tours podcast, Krista Durham, and uh, we were talking specifically about that like mugging scene. And I sh- mugging is maybe a misnomer when you actually see the movie, but it feels like a mugging yeah. scene. And I liked the gender flip of that scene because if you watch it and just envision again, we talked about, you know, Jake talked about this just a second ago, but you envision if you flip the genders, it plays just like it would normally play. The male character saves in, in the flipped version. Yeah. The male character saves them. It's a surprise. Beats up most people. And then the female character would punch out the guy. I know I'm being a little bit spoilery here, but it's right at the beginning. And actually, you can see almost all of it in the trailer. <laughs> that mugging scene, which uh-huh. is why I thought it was okay. Um, but they just flip the genders. And it's like, it's fun. It's kind of inventive. You get to see her using her, I don't even know what they're called, arm braces yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and, and Chris Pine has no problem with it. Steve Trevor has no problem with it. There's no sort of, a girl saved me. Like, no, no. No. Yeah, it was great stuff. And then there's a scene, Jake referenced, that I won't say too much about, where they're like fighting in a, in a, like a, a, a little town that I thought was fantastic. Yeah. And even brought back an earlier thing 
that you had seen in an earlier fight right. that Steve yeah, that actually was it cool. worked pretty well mm-hmm. and and i was i didn't know it was going to bring that back. like i didn't see it until late like i realized what they were doing I was, oh this is kind of cool yeah and they didn't draw that much attention to it which i liked. Again, like they didn't yeah. do a cheesy like oh flashback and so yes. the previous footage yes you know? is that what we're smart done? enough and they're smart enough yeah both of us they mm-hmm. they trusted us and they trusted the characters which i thought was great yeah and then there's a i was going to mention this later when i just when we just talked about great scenes in the movie, there's a scene where uh, uh, Wonder Woman, Diana Prince, kind of takes in her own hands this specific battle in the war that I just thought was, for me, it was one of the most chill-inducing scenes. I don't know about for yeah, you. Yeah, no, it was great. Like, I was, I was tearing up in the scene. Some of that was that it was a woman, but it just, I thought it worked really, really well. Um, and just piggybacking, like, the, yeah, the London stuff was great. Um, I, I didn't even have as big a problem with the opening stuff. Not mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, yay, or whatever. But, you know, when I can see Robin Wright, I'm down with Robin Wright. <laughs> like, I, th- I think she's good. I think and she's I, good, too. I but didn't mind her being there. Yeah, I think that was part of what was jarring for of like for me was seeing Robin Wright like so decked out in a costume. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, and she's very decked out. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just not used to seeing her in those kind of roles. So yeah. it, was, it was a little jarring and... Yeah, maybe, I don't know, just uh, compared to the rest of the movie, it, it was good. Like, I definitely preferred the, the island stuff at the beginning to, to the final To the final stuff. stuff. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it just took a little while to get going for me, maybe. Uh, and it's a, long, it, it's a long movie. It did feel it is. pretty long to me. See, and yeah, and that was a weird thing. Like, that's another thing where we're going to differ a little bit. It did not feel long oh, really? to me. It was a conversation Krista and I had where I didn't. When I looked at my watch at the end, I did not think I couldn't believe it was that late because I usually know how long a movie is, but I forgot to look it up. Mm-hmm. So we just went and, you know, we're watching the movie. And at the end of the movie, I had my daughter on my lap. She's four. And we had I had looked up stuff. We felt OK with her being there. And she had gotten a little bored in, in the scenes that worked really well for adults uh-huh. that didn't involve fighting right. in London because she's four. Yeah. But then she was on my lap. And I was talking into her ear to kind of explain things and stuff, and she was locked in. Was she? And that may have helped me a little bit with the speed at the end, because I, I, I loved, like just today, my two daughters, who are four and nine, were fighting with a, like a pool noodle. Mm-hmm. There's, it's right here. It's right here behind <laughs> us. Um, and, uh, and I was like, hey, can you guys do that downstairs? And Avery, my four-year-old, turned to me and said, like, Daddy, we're playing Wonder Woman. <laughs> nice. and, and that was just really cool to mm-hmm. me, like that kind of stuff. It, uh, that was like if if I hadn't liked the movie, which I did, that would have helped me like it even more mm-hmm. because like you know they they saw a very positive role model who was a female who could handle herself, who was smart, who was educated, who was not an idiot, uh, um, who took matters into her own hands, who cared a lot about other people, like and that was that was really cool. But anyway, what I'm saying is having my daughter there on my lap, I think that might have helped in the final scenes, especially that the last third with making it feel a little bit faster Right. for me. Understandable. Now, oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. What, what were you no, going to say? I was just, no, did you have more to add on that? Not on that, no. I was going to segue into acting, but... Oh, well, uh, I don't know if we have a more relevant point to talk about this, but I Please. was curious if you had a an opinion about the use of slow motion in this movie or if it stood out to you? I, you know what? This is an interesting question because I would assume, and you know, I could be wrong. I would assume we're going to differ on this again mm-hmm. if I were to guess because I had, 
seen somebody tweet out uh, a critic who made fun of the action scenes and said and said something to this effect. I'm paraphrasing, but I promise you it was this mean. Why are we praising Patty Jenkins? This movie is not well directed. People are just saying it's good because she's a woman director and the and she cannot film an action scene. And so to be fair, I had read that before I saw it. And so I was kind of watching the action the, the action scenes or mm-hmm. whatever. And and I mean a couple times like I couldn't fully tell what's going on, but that's in every that's in to me in every movie that I've yeah. seen like in Christopher Nolan's movies sometimes I can't tell what's going on in some of the fights for a minute for right. uh, not a minute for a second for 2 seconds. Yeah. And it's not a big deal to me. I did not mind the slow motion. I actually thought again for me 8 times out of 10 I thought it added something, mm-hmm. which I'm just assuming is not what you're about to say. But um, I was surprised by that, and it may have been my expectation coming in. Yeah. Um, especially there were a couple late, especially late, like in the second half of the movie that I thought worked really well. At the beginning, there were a couple that I thought, like, why are we doing the slow motion thing? And then I don't know if I just got used to it mm-hmm. or came around to it or whatever. But there were a couple late that I thought really added, like where I could see what Wonder Woman was doing, where it made like a motion or a, a part of the fight more like um, easy to see what was going on. And I could kind of interpret what the character was doing in the fight. Right. Um, my guess is that's not why you asked, though. No, I'm, I'm torn about it. Uh, <laughs> I think something that made me skeptical about whether I really liked it or not was actually the editing of some of the action scenes. Yeah. Um, and like you said, with most action movies, there are some moments. There are there are generally moments where there, if you watch carefully, there are shots of basically nothing of like you know a limb moving quickly, and yeah. it's just a part of the way they accomplish the illusion that these people, people are, are actually, actually fighting. fighting. Yeah. Um, I I think it's possible to not do that on in some rare movies. I oh, think sure. like Mad Max, you know, like um, yeah. movies like that can do a great job of really seamless action sequences. Oh man, um, I just want to do a podcast about Mad Max just because I want to talk about it for too. an hour. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm um, gonna watch it again. Yeah. We'll, we'll, what we'll do as a pocket, we'll just watch Mad Max and we'll just comment. <laughs> just do <up>. live commentary. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, so th- I think s- some of that editing made me feel like I don't know. Do I appreciate the style they're applying to these action scenes? Because there was so 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 much slow motion. So the reason I'm torn is because I can I can get behind that as like a just like almost like. Fast and the Furious level of self-awareness, sure. um, you know, as just a stylistic choice to go all out on action scenes like that. But at the same time, I was sitting there, I didn't know if they were going for that. Or I, if don't it think, was just, I don't think they were. Or if it was just the editor sitting there saying, hey, you know, it'd be cool if we slowed down this part. Oh, you know what else would be cool if we slow down this <laughs> right. part, you know? So, and even as somebody who just said they liked it, I still think it's the second thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think it felt self-aware. I don't think, and that's why I, you know, I wasn't hedging. There were a couple times, especially early, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, we're doing slow motion again." Yeah, but there were, and I wish I had done a better job of jotting down. But there were a couple, especially in the second half, that I really thought worked. Right. Um, but maybe it was just me expecting much worse. Right. But like I, I I'll said, admit that fully. Yeah. But I, I am torn, meaning, like, there were, for a lot of it, I, I was, in, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was it was cool, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For and, lack of a more creative word. I th- and Well, and that's the thing, is there were a couple moments where it just felt cool, and I was okay with it. Like, mm-hmm. that was kind of cool. I could see her doing the thing. I could see her doing, you know, whatever it was. It kind of helped show her skill as a fighter, mm-hmm. and as a quick thinker in the middle of battle, which I thought was cool. Yeah. 
So let's let's segue quickly then into the performances if we can. Um, and I we looked it up. I've listened to her say it. It's still hard for me to pronounce. I always thought it was Gal Gadot, but it's not. That's what everyone says. Yeah, but Is it's it not. Gail or something. Like no, that? it's Gal. Okay, but it's like Gadot. Oh. Yeah. I watched her say it. She says it on Jimmy Kimmel. I can't do it perfectly. We've been joking with about it in our family because mm-hmm. we looked it up. Because for this podcast, I wanted to get it right. Because I also looked up how you pronounce Samir's name, by the way. He's one of her cronies. Okay. And it's hard to. Saeed Tagmawi. Anyway. Gal Gadot. <laughs> I thought was a really was really good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. And I've only seen her in... Since I didn't watch the second half of Batman vs. Superman, I've only seen her, I think, in Fast and the Furious. Right. I think that's the only thing I'd seen her in, which I really appreciated her in as well. Yeah, she's good in it. Yeah, I thought she did a good... And she elevated the character, and she has, like, spoiler alert about Fast and the Furious, but she has a moment, a really kind of beautiful moment. She creates an emotional moment in, in her In her movie. last... Or her last scene. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> because Who knows she what happens. goes somewhere... <laughs> Anyway, in her last scene, an emotional moment, and I thought um, that she played it well then. Yeah. When I saw that, and I, I, I think she has a really good mix here of like bad anus and anus <laughs> <laughs> of being a bad a. We're we're immature here, of of being a bad a, um, of communicating both the innocence and the tenacity of that you need with Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Kind of the the bombastic bravado that she feels because she thinks I'm such a good fighter, I need to go do this thing. She has a mission she feels like she's on. Again, we didn't really set up the plot, but she has a mission she feels like she has to achieve. And and there's a one uh single mindedness at some points that she really has to portray. Yeah. And that she did a really good job, but but brings off the fighting scenes really well. And then some emotional moments at the end that could veer into cheesing, and probably for some people did. But I think she does a good job of keeping it earnest, not sentimental. Oh, yeah. I, I was actually pretty genuinely moved um, at, at a moment towards the end where she... Uh, and, and trying to stay um, spoiler-free. Yeah, there could be some of you who haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Um, but she learns that... Something that she's believed and been fighting for for the whole movie turned out to not be what she thought it was, basically, and that nice. bad things are going to continue happening. Yeah. And she has to come to terms with that with that concept. And I thought yeah. uh, that um, Gal Godot <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, gave gave her yeah really earnest was the word you were the word you used too. Um, it was very earnest and 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 moving performance. I think. Yeah, yeah, she's good. And and I again I hadn't seen her as Wonder Woman in the in the previous film, um, and so this was kind of my introduction to her as Wonder Woman. And I thought, and she she has some comedic scenes too. Oh yeah. And she does a really good job of not overplaying them, which yeah. which is the tendency sometimes. And she does especially those London those early London mm-hmm. scenes. And that boat scene when they're on the way there was uh, pretty hilarious. Yeah I yeah too. yeah oh yeah their their conversations mm-hmm. right is what yeah. you're talking about yeah. Uh, so let's segue into that. Chris Pine, who um, I've always been genuinely on the positive side of personally, oh, yeah. um, I thought he was perfect for this. Yeah, he was great in it. Yeah, he, as someone who I, I wouldn't say like I'm a fan of Chris Pine, but I've never really disliked a performance yeah. of his. I'd say I'm a fan after Hell or High Water. Yes, and he's so good in Hell or High Water. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. I yeah. hadn't even, I hadn't. Re- I take back the best performance thing. <laughs> He's very, very good in Wonder Woman. He's better in Hell or High yeah. Water. Um, and he has some like 
moments where he kind of plays with his persona uh, in Into the Woods. If you've seen Into the Woods, he plays this very arrogant prince. Yeah. He does a great job with it. But uh, the, let me say this. The Chris Pine that we see in movies like Star Trek and Into the Woods, this is the best use of that persona that I've seen. Hell or High Water, he had to do a lot more dramatic stuff, and I had never seen him flex those muscles, which yeah. is why I like that performance better. And I'm glad you brought it up because I was <laughs> saying I was spewing falsehoods. Um, but the Chris Pine that like is the charming, affable, little bit of cockiness, but ultimately lovable. Um, this was the best version of that that I remember seeing. Absolutely, yeah. And and he also has to really um, sell his connection with with Wonder Woman with Diana Prince, um, and her her vice uh, her vice versa, you know. Um, but I thought he did a really good job. Like they, the sparks felt genuine. The moments where they maybe had some, you know, attraction to deal with, I thought worked well. Yeah. And and then they have some emotional moments at the end that I thought there's a part in the script that kind of saves an emotional moment, and you and you hear it later. Again, I'm trying to be careful here that I thought worked really well. Yeah. Um. And and they both they both pull that off with great aplomb. Yeah. Yeah. His actions. Um, in the in the last act, uh, and the way that he portrays them were were another thing that were genuinely moving about this this movie to me. Yeah, yeah, it felt less a uh, flip than he can sometimes feel. Even though I like him and things, mm-hmm. it felt more earned and and like he was a little more invested. Um, again, I'm not. It sounds like I'm backhanded complimenting him. I don't. Mean, <laughs> I don't mean to be that way. I guess what I mean is Chris Pine is such a charming dude. He's very attractive, and there can be a tendency to just ride that. Yeah. And I think sometimes he does and it works. I think he wrote it less here and I and I liked that a yeah. lot. Yeah. Um uh, any other performances that you all mentioned some but I've been I've been talking a lot. So any other performances that you wanted to single out or uh, or mention really quick? You know, not that I can think of right now, but the two leads I was yeah. I was very impressed with. They were good. I wanted to throw out um cuz I cuz I liked everybody in it. I thought they did a good job. So there was like a team kind of that they assemble, right. and it features uh, the guy I mentioned earlier, Saeed Tagmawi, who has been in some stuff that I like, like Three Kings and I Heart Huckabee's He's in Lost. Um, That's right, he was. Yeah, he does a really good job. Um, and they're not in it a ton, but they, they, I think they, they, they make their mark, if you will. A guy named Ewan Bremner played Charlie, and they did an interesting thing with his story. He's a sniper, and they kind of do something that makes you feel like part of it will pay off later. And they don't pay it off in a way that's interesting without me being too spoilery. <laughs> like you expect a skill of his to be utilized more obviously. And then yeah. anyway. Um, and then a guy who, was, who mostly was just called The Chief, um, who was played by Eugene Brave Rock. Um, I thought the three of them were really good. Yeah, I, and, were and, and again, they're not, they're not there to be the best performances. Yeah. But they make enough of a mark that I did have uh, – uh, uh, I cared about each of the three of them. Sure. Um, and then there's two bad guys, um, one played by uh, Danny Houston, and the other one was like, oh, I had her name. I didn't write it down. Apologies. Dr. Um, Poison? Yeah, Dr. Poison. Elena Anaya. And and my daughter, the four-year-old, she was really into her because, because that crazy face, face thing. thing. Yes. Dad, it's Dr. Poison. Because <laughs> she, she's, she's called, you know, Dr. Poison. Um, uh, and she was cool, and I, I liked that makeup. Mm-hmm. I was... I don't want to be too spoilery here, but she has this thing on her face 
that is covering something and late in the movie you do see what's underneath it I was disappointed in what was underneath it because it didn't well, it didn't seem that... That, like, she didn't need to cover yeah, that up. Yeah, <laughs> like, why did you even need to cover that up? It's yeah. like when, when Gerard Butler loses his mask in Phantom of the Opera, and you're mm-hmm. like, that's what you're covering up? Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, grow up. <laughs> anyway, I liked them, and I, I especially her. Because Danny Houston overplays a little bit, and that's that has to do with kind of... With the plot, and that was some exactly. of the stuff I didn't like. That has to do with the plot. Mm-hmm. But I like that actor. Yeah. And... And because it was serving the plot, even though there was a little bit of, of non-subtlety to it, mm-hmm. I was okay with it. I thought she did a good job, yeah, though, she was good. with this Dr. Poison thing of being a little more subtle and kind of creepy. And, yeah. and I, I dug it until the, the mask got removed at one point. Like, oh. <laughs> it, was, it should have been way weirder and, you know, harder to look at. Disturbing. Yeah, yeah. Like, it really should have been. <laughs> I thought, like, yeah, we're going to cover sure. it with that thing. Um, and then I wanted to give a big shout out. To Lucy Davis, who played oh, I uh, should have mentioned her. Chris Pine's secretary. secretary. She because was great. She, yeah, she's, she could have been a character that felt to be out of a different movie, mm-hmm. but she, I didn't think so. She did a really good job of, because uh, she's kind of bubbly and like mm-hmm. silly, and yet you really feel like she does her job well and yeah. has a sense of compassion for all the people she's serving. Yeah, I'm so cool. sad I didn't mention her when you asked about any other performances I liked, because she was up there with the leads for me. Yeah, yeah, she does a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um, when she first shows up, even yeah. she's already making an impression. Yeah, um, and and just and makes you smile all the way through, but not in a way that takes you out of the movie. Right, you're just happy she's there again. Like, oh, I'm so glad Edda's back. Like, she's fun. Yeah, I thought the humor worked so well in this movie. I only wished there had been more of it. Yes, because it, there's kind of a lot of it for a while, and then it it dies down, dissipates a little bit once the movie ends. Yeah, but... yeah, and that's a thing. We didn't. We we meant, we touched on briefly. The DC movies are humorless normally. Yeah, for sure. Uh, almost, almost in the literal extent of that word. Yeah, almost literally zero comic relief. Yeah, maybe a little bit in Suicide Squad, more than the other two. Yeah, because but of it's that like time, but... it's like two percent, you know. And I, I mean, it does seem like maybe they borrowed that from Marvel, right? Like, okay, we need mm-hmm. to start letting ourselves be a little lighter because yeah. that's and and it works so well for Wonder Woman. And you have all these people like. Like uh, Lucy Davis and Ewan Bremner and Chris Pine and Gal Gadot, mm-hmm. who 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 have that ability to seamlessly go back and forth, and uh, that really helped. Yeah. Um, so uh, well, I want to talk about the climax and then the relevance, some of our favorite scenes, and then give our grades because we're 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 doing okay. We're doing okay on time. Um, so the climax. Yeah. It doesn't ruin the movie. Okay. I didn't feel like. But man, it doesn't it feel so rote and yeah. reminiscent of even some of the worst Marvel endings. Sure. Where you oh, just yeah. feel like Marvel's not this here is the same thing that we always mm-hmm. see at the end. Yeah. This one tempers it because there's the there's the Steve Trevor stuff going on. Sure. And the other group stuff going on that I thought at least brought some heart and and then of course Wonder Woman's kind of overarching reaction and the way that she solves some things at the end, help it be imbued with a little bit of like heart and compassion. But the fight itself, mm-hmm. uh, come on, man. Yeah. Um, maybe at this point we can go and uh, we can talk more freely about spoilers. So I guess uh, go away and go see one Roman if you if you don't want to hear spoilers at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna hit a few spoilers now. So if you're you're here and let's say like a. 
can come back and I'll, I'll, I'll list it on the podcast. I'll sure. put it up there so you can see when to come back in, but probably for the next two or three minutes. Okay. So I really liked the theme throughout the movie of her believing that uh, she had to kill Ares. Is that the, yeah. the god's name? Which I didn't mention him. War. Oh, he's one of my favorites. Yeah, Remus Lupin. I yeah, David name. Thewlis, who's yeah. also in Fargo season three. Yeah, and he's great in it. And he's so great. And, and was great in this. Yeah. Even though it's kind of a weird... It's It didn't fully make sense to me, like what he was doing in his other role. Yeah. Uh, does that make sense no, what I'm saying yeah, like we're sure. in spoilers we're in now spoilers. but you know he's on their side or whatever and it was hard for me to reconcile fully I reconciled a little bit but mm-hmm. I'm like well, how was he achieving his goal exactly. doing what he was doing yeah it didn't feel like he was no okay no so I, I like sure. I like that theme on like a psychological level yes. for Wonder Woman but as soon as it all had to turn literal and we had the twist of him being Ares and then them having this just they're not gonna drag the off gods, yeah. you know, that's when it becomes uninteresting to me. That's when, when it becomes Man of Steel for exactly. a few minutes. Yeah, and and speaking of Man of Steel, I I did experience this a little bit with Wonder Woman where superheroes who are basically just completely indestructible. How is she ever gonna get? I brought that up to my sister mm-hmm. like. If she's indestructible, like, how are we ever invested when she yeah, fights? Yeah, it becomes boring, really, yes. when they're fighting because there are no stakes. Man and of Steel. Yeah, the and not that I think, not that I think that, not that I would have gone in and wanted Wonder Woman to die at no. the end of the movie, you know? No, 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 no. But. We're not going on our Marvel thing here about someone has, someone has to die. Yeah. I was fine with her living. But. Yeah, there's an indestructibility to her that immediately I was like, okay, in other movies, like I'm always going to be like, just send Wonder Woman. Yeah, exactly. Keep everyone back and just send yeah. Wonder Woman. And it, it's, it leads to further problems with trying to make it feasible that all these movies are happening in one universe, you know, and uh-huh. that when one character could be ending it all consistently. But Yeah. Um, anyway, because so that... you had that earlier scene where she's deflecting bullets and stuff that mm-hmm. worked so well. Yeah. I thought mm-hmm. I mentioned it earlier. Like I thought it just worked so well. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, did she even need to deflect the bullets? Would right. they have well, actually harmed her? Like, yeah. I mean, I guess they would have harmed her, and that's what they're saying since he was using godlike power or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, but that's when that's when the movie became kind of difficult for me to sit through. Yeah. Um, towards the end there, and I was glad that it was short. Yeah. Shorter. Yeah, it could have been longer. <laughs> Shorter. And I like the way that the love and compassion thing is what is what ultimately empowered her. Yeah. I liked that aspect of it. But also like David Thewlis, like him uh, he was great. But I'm I'm believing him as this god who's fighting and stuff. Like he's a little older. He's not old. It was kind of weird. Yeah, it was just kind of weird to see him like that. And there were some moments like when he took all the metal to make his armor. Like I was cool with that. I'm not saying it was like mind blowing or anything. Yeah. But I like that there was some creativity involved in in that fight. Sure. But it was a disappointing ending when you had built up a lot of new things. It felt very DC like. And it felt very much like the ending of like Iron Man 2, which just didn't mm-hmm. work for me. Um, yeah, because they had demonstrated a fair amount of restraint. I mean, yeah, obviously you have the bombastic still. slow motion stuff. But, yeah, but a fair amount of restraint. But overall, yeah, yeah, restraint throughout the movie and then it, it comes to that point. Yeah. So that was – and you know, that I mean it could have been like, wow, this is up in the upper echelon of superhero movies. And it's still up there in the like, you know, whatever, top 15% sure. for me. But it didn't – that could have rocketed it, you know, even higher if mm-hmm. it had – like like even though we've we've deconstructed Civil War a lot, 
like the like the ending of Civil War yeah. really felt like it elevated that movie mm-hmm. because it just was not what you expected and there was a lot of there was a lot of investment in it and yeah. you know it didn't end the way we expected that was right that's a great example that shows it's possible you it don't have possible. to end a superhero movie it's with possible. the with yeah. the god fight basically yeah the god fight yeah <laughs> hashtag god fight <laughs> yeah all right okay we'll we'll turn off spoilers for a minute i think mm-hmm. welcome back mm-hmm. if you followed the podcast um if you read when to come back, welcome back. We we talked about the ending scene, which you at least got from us. We felt was a little bombastic, um, and and was just a god fight like we see sometimes in 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 previous movies. Um, is is this movie ultimately more relevant than just being a superhero movie? And you can take this in any direction. I know mm-hmm. I'm again putting you on the spot. Like, be that with obviously the 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 female angle. Or anything else? Like, is there is there a, a bigger relevance than just, hey, they did a superhero movie right and we were entertained in the summer? Right. What do you think? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, especially with the gender stuff, I think it's it's relevant. It's sad that it, it, 2017 is the yeah. first time we're getting this. It's sad that mm-hmm. it is so relevant, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But it, but it is, and we're not, we're not going to dance around that. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, and I think, like, the um, story you told about your daughter is playing right. Wonder Woman, like stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's inspiring. That means I think something. it's yeah. I think it's a very a very positive use of the superhero um, phenomena or whatever you want to call it to to send a positive message that isn't normally conveyed in these movies. Yeah, I agree with that. And and I like and I actually I've seen Patty Jenkins discuss this. She said like she basically what's the word I'm looking for. Um, totally owned like the sentimentality of the ending and she said like i feel and i don't i don't think this is a spoiler but like the ending has a lot to do with like we need to be compassionate we need to be loving um we need to look for the good in people and she just basically said like i think that that's true yeah you know like she didn't beat around the bush that was important to me too um there was a heavy-handedness to the ending that I liked, and I, I, you know, I'm purposefully using a word that has a negative connotation, mm-hmm. heavy-handed, which we normally say, like, you know, is a lack of subtlety, which there was a lack of subtlety in the way, like, Wonder Woman declares some thematic things at the end. I, it played well for me, personally, of them just owning it. Yeah. And it really kind of, like, you know, it transcended what a superhero movie is, not in a way that was like, I wasn't crying, I wasn't <laughs> tearing up, but... It was like, yeah, ultimately, we're talking about the same things here that we all need to talk about. As humans, we need to love each other. We need to see the good in each other. We need to have compassion for each other. And that's the thing that's going to help us stop fighting. And you're like, well, yeah, that's obvious. Yeah, true. But to have a superhero discuss it, you know, to have these characters really buy into it and to have it be a big part of the ending, I thought that that, you know, made the relevance a little bit more than something maybe like an Iron Man 3 or even a Guardians of the Galaxy too, which they have some of those same themes as well. Yeah. And I'm not saying uh, pounding it in is better than subtlety. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I, I think it wore its heart on its sleeve in a way that I appreciated, especially in our climate. Sure. And maybe even means a little more coming from the DC universe, which yeah. previously has insisted on being that dark, kind of dour, downbeat yeah. uh, I definitely brand think of, so. of action movies. So. Yeah. So yeah, I think it it was a nice thing to take away from it. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. 
Um, and I wanted to mention this earlier. Uh, no cameos from anyone else. Yeah. Which I love. Right. There's a written cameo by a certain character. Like a, <laughs> a letter at the beginning comes from Bruce Wayne. At the I very have, beginning. Yeah. It's like five minutes in, so I'm not spoiling here. And that's literally the only thing. Yeah. And I like that because I kept expecting someone to show right. up. I don't know who. I guess him. Yeah. Or, I think you I, know, yeah. or a Superman or something. I, we even stayed till the end of the credits just in case. Right. No credit. No end of credits. No after credits. Anything. And no sort of wink to the Justice League. Loved it. Yeah, that's great. And I, I, yeah, I'm glad they didn't throw in basically ads for the other movies. Yeah, and and which before. Marvel does all the time. Sure. And usually I'm fine with it. Yeah. But I like that they kind of eliminate it and say no, it's its own thing. It exists. Yeah. And that's it. Because I think I did physically roll my eyes when Bruce Wayne's name showed up. <laughs> just because I it, it just annoys me to even think about Ben Affleck being Bruce Wayne. It just <laughs> feels so arrogant of him. Um, anyway, I'm but I'm also glad that it. Um, I I wonder if Patty Jenkins even wanted to do that, or if the studio was like, you have to do something to yeah. <laughs> like connect. Wait, it. this script has no connection. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we didn't want to do a connection. If you don't include a letter from Batman, dang yeah. it, we are gonna fire you. Like, fine. She opens a letter from Batman, like, you know. Um, but yeah, it felt le- less uh, cynical and less cash grabby. Sure, it was. It was very. It was fine. Yeah, and felt more tasteful, I guess. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. Generally positive from us. I will go first just giving uh, – I don't think we always do this on the podcast, but on the site we usually give letter grades, which are always hard for me. And I usually end up around the same zone for a lot of the movies that yeah. I I uh, review. And I would say for Wonder Woman I'm at a solid probably BB+. Plus. And okay. I, I think I ultimately go B+, plus, but the plus comes from the, D, the other three DC movies not being good. If the other movies had been pretty good, I think I probably would have gone B+. Right. On Wonder Woman, but I think it deserves the plus for elevating the entire DC franchise. Yeah, um, by taking a few cues from Marvel, but also doing their own thing. Right. So I'll say B plus. Okay. Uh, I, I think I'm probably like the least high on this movie out of anyone I've talked to. Um, I enjoyed this movie, but I I did not love it. Still. Sure. Um, so I'm gonna go with a B minus. Yeah. I'm kind of a harsh grader, but I no. truly see a C as an average. So, sure. I mean, that's uh, a B minus. It was a good movie. I I thought it was generally well done, um, well shot, well acted, and and for the most part, a fun time at the movies. Yeah, yeah. No, and I I don't no discount that at all. Yeah. And and I we've talked before about how expectations play such a big role. Right. And even though I was I had uh, big or higher expectations because of the critical reviews, with the former DC movies. Like, you know, all you had to do was not suck. Yeah. And I was going to be like, yeah, you did it, DC. Right. Like, you didn't suck. Yeah, I think that balanced out for me because I think I was a, a little disappointed um, after the movie based on all the critical acclaim I had sure, before. Sure, sure. But also impressed with it based on the DC Universe's uh-huh. past. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's where I went. So our average is at a B. And if you haven't seen it, I mean, I wouldn't say, like... If you're not into superhero movies, yeah, probably don't see it. It probably won't change your mind. No, I don't think it'll movies. change your mind about superhero movies, though. But if you're looking for something uh, led by a really good uh, actress, Gal Gadot does a great job. Of, I know I'm screwing up your name, <laughs> Gal, because you're listening. Um, uh, worth seeing. If you've been wondering and been on the fence, but you're into superhero movies and you've just been disappointed by DC before, I think it's worth seeing. Yeah. Um, Either at full price or when it goes to a, a cheaper theater. 
Um, but I mean, you know what? It's it's a it, it is an important movie, even if the word important is too strong. Yeah, I'm for, glad that it's popular. Yeah, exactly, and I'm glad it's making money. Thank you, thank you for staying with us. Um, really, really, really fast. Out now. It comes at night. Yeah. Horror movie getting some really good reviews. It's in the 80, 85%, I think, yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. Jake's going to see it tomorrow, so we'll definitely get a response on that the next time we record an episode. Cars 3 comes out uh, in a couple days. Getting okay. Basically, what I've read so far in just a few reviews is, hey, it's better than Cars 2, <laughs> um, which, is, which is what most people are saying. And most people are not low on it, but they're not really high on it sure. at this point. And then a movie that thus far has been getting really good reviews, Baby Driver, from Edgar Wright. Is that the direct- this weekend? No. Oh, it comes out uh, June 28th, which is a okay. Wednesday. Oh. Fun. Yeah, it comes out on a Wednesday. Um, Ansel Elgort is a getaway driver who listens to music because of some weird things that go on with his ears. Apparently, Edgar Wright wrote most of it to music, and like this, the soundtrack is basically like another character. He's also the the writer director of the what's called the Cornetto trilogy, which is um, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End, and then the director of Scott personal favorites Pilgrim. of Jake and mine, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which is why I'm so into Baby Driver, which again comes out on June 28th, stars John Hamm, Jamie Foxx, Lily James, uh, John Bernthal, and Kevin Spacey. And, of course, Ansel Elgort, who plays the titular Baby Driver. That's, I think, his name, which is... Yeah, his name is Baby. (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) That was the best. (laughs) Oh, that's his name. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah, we'll definitely uh, mention that uh, depending on when the next time we, we record is. But thank you so much. Give us your opinions on Wonder Woman. Via our site, rogotours.com, the Facebook page, or at CDurham99, at JacobHampton26, or at Rogue O'Tours. We appreciate your listenership. Um, it makes us tons of money. That's a joke. We don't make any money. But thank you so much for listening and commenting. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you later. Thank you.